Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Abby Vickery and Becca McKinnon, the founders of Thrive by Design. Thank you guys so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm so honored that you were going to be here. And I loved hearing you talk in Reading. And when you started talking about burnout, Andre and I were literally over there taking notes, talking about, <laughs> oh my gosh, what taking the quiz and, and all that. And I'm so happy that we've begun to talk more about mental health, that we've begun to talk about more about burnout. Mm -hmm. We've made it part of our, of our vocabulary and social acceptance. And yeah. I think this initiative that you guys are pushing is wonderful, but tell me how you got started and a little bit about Thrive by Design. Abby and I have had the privilege of working together for eight years now. Um, we both worked at the same school and she's a counselor, I'm a teacher and we got connected and then we became part of kind of our school's leadership team and um we worked very closely through all of the covid chaos and we really started noticing uh, at the time we weren't calling it burnout but we just started noticing basically what you call the symptoms of burnout um, in all of our colleagues and that just really got us thinking like we need to do something to help with this and we were experiencing a lot of the same things and so we were trying to figure out how to help ourselves as well. Absolutely. I think I remember back to that initial conversation and it makes my heart happy to think about it, but uh, we were sitting in my office and just kind of walking through like, what does it look like to practically support people as they are going through uh, these things at a really, really difficult time. And like yeah. we wanted to set up this series of meetings for teachers weekly and all staff to be able to come and be able to walk them through practical strategies to overcome burnout and what they were experiencing. And both of us were like, we cannot call it self-care. Like <laughs> self-care is a fluffy word mm -hmm. and it generally equates to, hey, go get a massage. Um, or a bubble bath. Or a bubble or, yeah. bath, yeah. And, you know, go be in nature. And while those things are, are wonderful ways to take care of ourselves, they're not going to heal us of um, what we're experiencing in terms of burnout. Yeah. So that was really our first um, conversation that jump-started a series of meetings that we held um, for staff and it was really well received. And then we had the opportunity to do that in other, um, with other businesses. We've been writing, uh, content and really working really hard and researching and doing a deep dive, uh, into these things for that long. Um, and now we have the opportunity to, you know, speak at conferences and things like that. And it's been really, really fun. How did you make the leap from teachers to other, <laughs> you know, organizations and types of businesses? And I would love to know what are the signs of burnout? Because, uh, you know, on the pre-show we were talking, like, I've never felt unmotivated but I have just killed projects and I've, I've bounced my interest around when I think of burnout, I, for whatever reason, I think of a depression, like a, like a, a version of it. Yeah. I've never felt that, but I've definitely felt angry. I've definitely felt unsatisfied. I've, I've bounced projects. Mm -hmm. What are the signs of burnout? Everything you described is, is part of it for sure. Um, you know, depression can be an element of burnout. I mean, they're not equal, but, but it can certainly be an element of that, um, exhaustion, you know, just like, I'm not sure I can drag myself in one more day. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a big piece of it. Um, you mentioned frustration, like cynicism, a little bit of resentment, frustration that can certainly play into it. Um, 
There's a lot of elements that go along with it. A big one is when you're not feeling successful. And so mm -hmm. you mentioned like dropping a project. So, you know, that's kind of a self-selecting thing. And, and actually that's probably why you didn't end up, you know, technically burned out is you were making decisions to kind of preserve your health as you went along um, by, by dropping something that you weren't able to feel effective with, or, you know, it was mm -hmm. giving you frustration. So all of those things do play into it. I think you were asking too about, you know, how did we jump from education to other types of businesses? And really that's because as we began researching, we recognized that this is a pervasive issue mm -hmm. and certainly healthcare, like you mentioned, and education were some of the hardest hit in terms of how COVID affected us and the burnout rate subsequent to that. Um, but it is a pervasive issue. And uh, because we know that you serve dentists um, and certainly at the event that you heard us speak at, that was dental specific. Um, we have some research in terms of statistics about how it's affected um, the dental field in general. Um, and do you want to hear some numbers? I would love it. You love numbers? Okay. So I'm going to read it to you so that I don't mess it up. Um, so during the COVID pandemic timeframe, 18.8% of dentists and 14% of hygienists reported feeling burned out. And at first you think of those numbers as being really low, like, okay, 18% and 14%, you know, dentistry fared pretty well. But the most important piece of the statistic and the one that feeds back into those symptoms that you were just talking about with Becca, um, the rest fell into the categories of feeling ineffective, overextended, or disengaged. So it wasn't just, hey, we feel burned out. But if we're not, if we're not saying, okay, we feel burned out, then we all of them, the rest of them fell into those other three categories. And mm -hmm. that is huge. That's huge. And statistic wise too, I think it's important to, to talk about like burnout itself is a fluffy word and, you know, it's, it's very overused, honestly, like, you know, really what the definition of burnout is, which we can share with you about. Um, we ran into a statistic that said that 98% of millennials report feeling burned out. And this is in no way judgment against millennials, but that's an example of, okay, that's a trendy term and everybody is feeling overwhelmed. And there's been a lot that has happened since COVID. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are going, yep, I'm burned out. Um, but really when you look at what it actually is and start to tease that out, it really is a spectrum mm -hmm. of things. It yeah. is overused. And we love to celebrate the grinder, the burnt out, the, like, we love to celebrate them in culture, but it's so unhealthy and real and, and mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I want to make sure I understood. So you said around 20% of dentists and 14, I think 18% of dentists and 14%, mm -hmm. one in five sounds high, but the, the number you talked about, it wasn't that they were burnt out. It was that they were not satisfied. Right. So there was, they, they were reporting this, the satisfaction, but trending downward, right? Is that kind of what I understood? They were basically were reporting symptoms that were, you know, there is not really a clinical definition of burnout. So let me say that it's not a diagnosed medical or psychological mm -hmm. thing. It, they call it a syndrome. But if you were to look at it in a clinical way, that percentage of hygienists and dentists were reporting symptoms that could wow. be classified as, you know, specifically as burnout. Whereas the rest were reporting 
all of the various symptoms of burnout, if not all of them stacked together. So to be technically burned out, you need to have all of those components. Mm. And, and we kind of think of it on a continuum, you know, like um, everybody is somewhere on that scale of burnout and that can vary in different times in your life. Um, some people are way down toward the end of, you know, what we call thriving and other people up that scale closer to being burned out. It just depends on your, your number of symptoms and, and how pervasive they are. I see what you did there, Becca. Thrive, thriving, thrive by design. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The opposite so, of burnout is thriving. Yeah. I would love to get the test and put a link to it so we can have mm -hmm. people take the test there. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that different personality styles manifest burnout in different ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're all taught to just, even though we all do it, by the way, when someone's depressed, you don't just so you should get up and exercise and just snap out of it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the opposite, right? I mean, it typically sends them into some sort of shame spiral. Of why can't I just go for a walk or something? We know how to show emotion, but like tactical support is lacking across the mental health spectrum. Talk me through how you might spot burnout in different personality types. And then how do you tactically help them without just repeating words that are out there. It's hard. I mean, it is, it's, it's really layered and complicated. And I think that's part of why there's this big challenge around what do you do about it? There's a lot of talk about what it is, but then how do you address it? And it's also not a quick fix. And I think that's the, one of the really challenging and frustrating pieces of it is that, um, you know, you mentioned for depression exercise, and that is a great, piece of helping with depression. But if you don't feel good enough to get off the couch to walk and people just keep telling you to do it, but it doesn't help anything either. Mm -hmm. So there's layers, I would say, uh, of ways to approach it. And, and we have a whole list of things that we call tools to thrive, which are some of the easy little things that you can do to try to build yourself up, to get the momentum, to do some of the more challenging long-term things. <laughs> unfortunately, I guess I'm gonna say, unfortunately, I think we already know all of them. Everybody already knows all of them. It's just a matter of finding a way to get them done. And part of that also is understanding why those things are so helpful. Right. Um, for, research behind it. Yeah. I mean, so for example, exercise, all of the pieces behind what exercise can actually do for you. But then the practical side of that is, is how do you get started with it? Sleep is huge. That's one of the biggest pieces. Um, but a lot of people really struggle with sleep and they struggle with sleep maybe because of the stress related to burnout. So how do you get better sleep when you're so stressed out? Just to piggyback on what you were saying right. about personality styles, you know, when we kind of break it down, there is, there really is a, an evidence-based solution focused way to approach this. And honestly, if there wasn't, we would not be doing this, right? This isn't about fluff. It's about what are the really practical strategies that we can engage with. Mm -hmm. They're going to move us on that scale, you know, from burnout to thriving. And one of the big pieces is, you know, we, we look at self-awareness and emotional intelligence being a huge component of this. And when we kind of, you know, 
be able to look at that in a in a more specific way. You can look at DISC, you can look at Clifton Strengths um, to be able to hone in on that, but you can really easily categorize that as are you a thinker, a feeler, or a doer, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like if you are experiencing burnout as a thinker? What are the strategies that are going to counteract that for you? If you're a doer, a very simple top you know tier strategy would be to say okay what are the habits that i need to engage with that are going to help me have boundaries are going to help call to attention that work life balance that you're not experiencing right now um and again those are a lot of things that you've probably heard of before but to understand the science behind them and to engage with them at a rate that isn't going to feel completely overwhelming and like you just want to throw up your hands and say i can't do this this is right. too hard it's to my burnout to be stressed right. about these things. But if you're a feeler, you're looking at, you know, do I have a lack of boundaries in my life relationally and professionally? There's a list of strategies and interventions um, when you fall into each of those categories. Those are just examples, but certainly thinking about your personality type and having that self-awareness and that emotional intelligence is a key part of that. It's a key strategy. So burnout really is just a diminished capacity to handle life's problems. All of the craziness and all of the different pieces start kind of taking up that capacity that we have to deal with our basic, like our challenges. It's just like resilience in a way, like how much resilience, how much bounce back do we have for these challenges? And so the strategies to help overcome burnout are how can you on a micro level start increasing your capacity? Like what can you do to counteract that? And that's where very simple things like staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, being dehydrated by 10% is the equivalent of, of being legally drunk. So you imagine trying to get through a work day, being slightly dehydrated, and how effective are you going to feel? And how many things are you going to get done? You know, if you sleep better, then you're then you have an increased capacity to handle the next day, you know, uh, feeling ineffective at work. So let's say I have 10 things I have to get done at work on a given day, and I'm at 100% capacity. I'm likely to get those 10 things done. But then let's say I, I stayed up too late, I didn't get a good night's sleep, whatever it might be, and, and now I'm at 70% with my diminished capacity. I still have 10 things to do, I'm only gonna get seven done. Mm-hmm. So then I'm not gonna feel effective. Then the next day, I have 13 things to do. Mm-hmm. And if I'm even if I'm at 100%, I'm not gonna get everything done. And so over time, if we're not building that capacity and we're going downhill, then we become overwhelmed. We're not effective at work. We start to feel exhausted because there's more to do than we're able to do. And then that can also spiral into cynicism. Like, and, and then it starts being negative feelings toward work because I have more to do than I can possibly do, um, which can also be very true. I don't want to neglect that part of it. There are jobs where there's more to do than you could possibly do. And that is an aspect of burnout. But there are also the things that we have control over. And so anyway, building up those little pieces to increase your capacity to then face the challenges that are always going to be headed your way. If you have a dentist out there or you have a hygienist out there that they're feeling these emotions, how do I get Becca and Abby in my life to start coaching me through these things? Well, the the cool thing is, and I love that you hit on this, is part of the reason that we really like what we call the real life definitions of burnout is because 
you know, we also believe that we are whole people and who we are professionally is who we are personally. What happens to me at home, I bring into the office. So to say that burnout is a professional issue is false in our, and we've been, you know, really exploring this for a long time. And we just really disagree with that, you know, technical definition. And so when we look at a workplace, it is what is going on with that individual, but there are also systemic issues, you know, that need to be explored too, that can either exacerbate burnout. Yeah. You know, that's a big issue. And I, I, I'm going to brag about you for a second, Eric, when you were sharing with me outside of this about, you know, your drinking water in the office and your challenges for that. Mm -hmm. And that is a beautiful example of looking at the system as a whole and saying, what do we need to take care of ourselves as whole people? And how do we incorporate that into our culture and into our team? And that's a, I mean, that seems like a small thing. It's actually a huge thing that you would be doing that on your team. What is work-life balance from a boss extending that to employees? What does that look like? What do those boundaries look like? Um, And having somebody that can kind of walk alongside you in terms of, you know, what is your team culture and is it contributing to or mitigating issues of burnout? Um, And so we get really excited to do both pieces. Yeah. I think if I look out at my life, the times that I've felt most unmotivated, I either had events in my personal life or my marriage that were very challenging or frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then they ca- and then I begin to have some work challenges or I had work challenges that then I begin to have, but I, I don't, I cannot think of a time that one was stood up perfectly and one was not. They, Absolutely. They, they, they may have lagged by a little bit or, or not. When we think of burnout, we think of, of work. And I think part of it is it's, I find it very socially unacceptable to say I'm burnt out of being a parent or I'm burnt out of my relationship with my wife. I mean, those sound so harsh to my ears, but I know that if I'm really being candid, there are times that I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, I I just, and I, I know that everyone has those, but even saying it, on a live mic makes me cringe a little bit because of the social unacceptability of it. I am so proud of you. I mean, truly, like it just makes me want to stand up and give you a standing ovation because um, one of the things that Becca and I talk a lot about is that, you know, our bodies do not make distinctions between stressors, right? So to say that you are, you know, professional Eric, who is apart from home, Eric, how is that even possible? Right. And we bring stressors back and forth to each place. And we really feel like the more socially acceptable that becomes, the more we shift that narrative, you know, that is such a healthy place to be, you know, to be able to, and not that you come in and have a lack of boundaries at the beginning of your day and say, Oh yeah, parenting, you know, that stinks right now. So (laughs) you're not going to get the best of me. I'm not saying that, but I, I think that there is absolutely a shift that needs to happen to recognize that we are whole people and we need to address all of those different pieces all in, in my world, we call those domains. So all of the different domains of our lives need to be looked at when we look at burnout. And, and there's also part of looking at burnout because in my head, I, I hear people saying, Oh, I'm burnt out. And then they walk out the door. Mm -hmm. Like it's an end point. Right. And it's not really an end point. It's just where you are right now. And so when you talk about that in terms of family or marriage, you know, 
I think is perceived when you say like, oh, I'm burnt out on parenting. That means you're throwing up your hands and you're done. And that's not really the case. It's kind of identifying your state of being at the moment. And that comes back to that emotional awareness, um, emotional intelligence that Abby was talking about is, you know, where am I right now? And, and what's contributing to it? And how do I move myself along that spectrum, right? Back up to the, the end closer to thriving. And so that's one of the reasons we struggle with the word burnout is there's all of these connotations associated with it now. And one of those is that, you know, once you get to that point, you're done and it doesn't have to be that way. And then of course, part of emotional intelligence is like you're talking about is, is reflecting and catching it before you get too far down that spectrum, mm -hmm. before you feel like throwing up your hands and, and walking out. Mm -hmm. It's self-reflection. It's having a community where it's okay to talk about it. Um, talking about burnout at work is not okay everywhere. Um, no, it's perceived as weak mental weakness at times. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Very unfortunately, yeah. but it is. This is a hot topic. You start a conversation with somebody and you know, a lot of times their first response, you say, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. You know, that has become like this badge of honor. Mm -hmm. um, how busy can we be? How much can we fill our time? And if you start talking to them about burnout, uh, you realize that, doesn't matter who you're talking to or what industry they're in, people are experiencing the same things. This is very insightful and I appreciate y'all's time so much. And I think what you're doing is so noble and needs to be done. And I just can't thank you enough for being in the influence of my life. And it's just been amazing. And thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for creating a culture in your team. Yes. Um, the way that you have, cause it's pretty incredible. I will say that I think every person on my team has something that I, some trait or the thing that I generally aspire to. And, you know, I, I think they're a remarkable set of people that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy they're in my life, but I'll put links to how to get in touch with contact with Abby and Becca and Thrive by Design. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Eric.